1: It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to another
2: episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club The podcast where we talk to celebrity guests about their personal paranormal history And share stories of high strangeness I'm your host Michael McMillan With me always is your other host Hey I'm Bryce Johnson And your producer Riley Bray And I feel like now I have to dance and entertain the guests during (laughs) that opening (laughs) song There's a certain
3: thing that happens whenever that that music is cued up You
2: kind of know if someone's going to have a good time on the show (laughs) or not Depending on what their reaction to the song is And our guest today uh, had the best reaction of them all uh, You've heard him on many podcasts before This guy is podcast a genius uh, You know him from Super Ego You know him from Pistol, Pistol Shrimps Radio uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mark McConville Woo! Hey, 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 hey! what's up, dude? That's some good dancing yeah. in a chair <laughs> I, do a little, you know, it's like, I feel like I have to work hard to sell the show I don't know, for some reason It's like, just let it Just let, let the, sh- the song let speak, the man the show, the Sun Eaters did a great job Pete Gardner did a great job as the Sasquatch yeah. show just let the song sell itself That wasn't a real
0: Sasquatch Doing the Unfortunately, Unfortunately not. not Our recordings uh, of
3: the real Sasquatch we They got lost yeah, they In translation They're a little blurry just- Gotcha <laughs> Yeah
2: <laughs> So we had to have Pete Gardner sub in Mark I'm so excited To have you on the show This is uh, I, I, I always feel guilt- I know Mark from Doing uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour That's I think
0: Where we met Yeah, yeah.
2: I came in late On that whole enterprise But right, right. Um, I spent maybe The last year Doing a few shows With you guys yeah. Before it left Largo And um, um, it's so funny, though, every time I see Mark now. Um, I, and it was funny because I saw you. I was doing grabbed Water last month, and I saw you sitting in yeah. the audience. He kind of waved to me at the end of the show. But I always feel guilty because I went to Disneyland one time, <laughs> and Mark was doing... Can I tell this story? Yes. Mark was doing... which. I, he was doing a show at the Golden Nugget, which is like in the Golden Tier- Horseshoe go- Golden Horseshoe, that's right. Okay. Gotcha. I go there for the nuggets, the chicken nuggets. There are- they do have good chicken. <laughs> they have really good chicken there. <laughs> well my buddy and I got to Disneyland and we were running late and I think we had sat and watched that show before and you hadn't, you weren't in it but we were yeah. like let's get some food real quick we'll just go into the Golden Horseshoe we'll grab those nuggets and then we'll we'll hit the road we had like fast passes we wanted to do Radiator Springs over DCA so we got stuff to do. We had shit to do so we go kind in a plan. there's like a table down front and so we're just like all right we'll just eat quick and 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 duck out and uh, lo and behold Mark comes on stage pretty quickly makes eye contact with me I think <laughs> no. and then I was like Fuck! I'm gonna walk out on Mark's <laughs> <for> performance, <laughs> and it just felt so guilty. We stayed for a little bit, and then I was like, "We gotta go! We gotta go!" You kind of sign
3: like, "My nuggets are done. I'm just gonna."
0: <laughs> well, what's really funny about that? I now I'm remembering that. So, oh my god, I thought, I, I, I worked there for a while, and uh, which is, I want to talk to you about that because yeah, we that, can talk okay, about that too. Go on, go on. Uh, but I I would, uh, and I, just before we started recording, I was saying it came from the eye doctor. And she was like, Well, here's some try these contacts and I know they're like not cheap. So I'm like, I'm guess I'm wearing contacts today. For that <laughs> job I wouldn't sometimes just not wear contacts and yeah. I have distance oh. issues so I only sort of knew it was you. <laughs> Busted! I was like, I couldn't.
2: <laughs> I couldn't. I, could've I got, have away just away got away with it. You could have got away with it. But uh,
0: you could see my face because I was up close, going,
2: oh, no? "How am I going to get out of this one?"
0: Please, everyone should have just walked oh out my of God. that. Thing. No, that, that that show's fun. That's like it a
2: classic. Fun. I love the. I called it by the wrong name, but I love the Golden Horseshoe because that was like a cla- That's been around since Walt uh, start. started the park. Yeah, and a show, guy, Wally Bogue, do you know Wally Bogue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, don't he, know him, but free, I, I mean yeah,
0: yeah. R. I P. Yeah. But he used to do just show after show. I mean, he was he made, he did a, you know, a very funny thing where he would like spit his teeth out. Oh he'd cool. like get smacked with something. I can't remember exactly uh-huh. how it went. I'm sure it's online, but you can uh Well you listen he would just like continue the show and like <laughs> spit little like white beans or something, but like <laughs> they tic-tacs? looked like teeth. Oh, and, that's great. Yeah. It Just was, an old vaudeville, like yeah, that was, the end of vaudeville That almost. was what
2: was so cool about uh, – did you ever read Steve Martin's book on his yeah. stand-up? I forget what it was called, but Steve Martin used to work at Disneyland back when all the shops had like real – I mean, they're still like shops, but now they're all kind of like Disney gift stores. But he used to work at the magic shop yeah. there, and there were real – like real magicians that worked at the Disneyland ma- magic shop that could do sleight of hand that could do real tricks he would learn all that stuff yeah there were like old vaudeville performers that would come do shows at the Golden Horseshoe like there was a period of like up and up through the 70s I think when like there were like some like real old-school names in the business doing doing shows or yeah I, I and, don't know
0: so it's like it's got this lineage that if I think is go really, Disney, really like if you go to like I don't work there anymore but if you go uh. I, I, I'm i sure this is still the case The dirty secret is the musicians I mean it's not that oh, dirty of uh-huh, a secret uh-huh. But they're Heroin
2: addicts <laughs> They're all heroin addicts <laughs> there's Everyone. Some, like
0: There's some legends There's a guy Terry who plays guitar For some of the jazz bands uh-huh. And he uh, He replaced Hendrix When Hendrix left Little Richard's band No way That's wild Like Hendrix like I guess played with Little Richard yeah. For a little bit And then Sky Terry played with him forever Like I mean, it's that's music wow. history. Yeah, I mean, as and he's ex- still playing with jazz trios that's and stuff. So at Disneyland. cool. So yeah, I I always encourage people if they're at Disneyland because it is such a hustle. And yeah, there's just so many people all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's check out as a example. musician. Like sit down yeah. and watch these oh, guys yeah. play. And there's a guy that really I love the players.
2: piano or the, I think it's an organist that's out on that little plaza near the. Uh, um the, oh, the like, corner this, yeah that that little sweet shop, whatever they have yeah. there, and that guy's always brilliant, yeah, the um, piano players are awesome, all the music- there's as an example, there's just like such great talent there at the park that you kind of don't think about, but
0: yeah, it's easy to forget that there's like a ton of shows yeah, going on now all the time. now I gotta
2: ask you,, yeah. have you been in the underground tunnels at Disneyland? There's supposedly a network I, of tunnels under <laughs> Disneyland a secret underground I, alien base I Disneyland. can't say. <laughs>
0: I feel like I've been in tunnels at Disneyland that are yeah. not really underground. Right. You know, there's a berm built around the park. Okay. So, there's so a, let's there's like a, this. this is exciting. There's a large hill that sort of encircles it. Right. And the there train, are tunnels, so that where the train rides yes, around. And the, there are tunnels under that hill to uh-huh. get to sort of Cast areas, back that doors, you need and stuff. To, and yeah. And we like, I've read the <laughs> is.
2: Is Walt Disney's frozen corpse under the statue at the center of the hub?
0: I, d- I don't know <laughs> I don't
2: think <laughs> so Yeah, I don't think so either but but I, I believe he's buried in Forest Lawn But there's a, there was a rumor that his that he's buried there? Well, he or was that cryogenically frozen. frozen I knew there was that a, and, then, and then there was like a, a kid urban legend That he was buried under the statue of him and Mickey At the Central Well, Hub. of course
3: Because if you have an imagination that grand You think you're just going to go out regular style? <laughs> no, no, man You're going to do something amazing, man I don't even
2: think he's frozen I think he was buried
0: at Forest Lawn I don't think they actually uh, I think froze. it's his it's right where you, you said. Think it of where was. his head is? Yes. Is it just his head? Do you, we should do-, do you think it's possible that he just said, Hey, when I die, bury me in forest lawn, But tell everyone that everything's <laughs> yeah, frozen. Yeah, yeah. Like For let's sure. have this be my final <laughs>
2: yeah. story that just keeps getting talked about. If you could be cryogenically frozen when you die, if 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 the if if the if science was proven, hey, uh you can do this and we'll be able to bring you back right. after you die, would you do it? Or would you or you just want to die? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> So I could continue if to science live. science could bring you back, if science could bring you, if you could die now and in 200 years science could bring you back to the, life because oh you froze your body, would, would you, you do go it? for
3: it?
0: Is it free?
2: No, you gotta. I mean, I have to have some. You have to imagine you have like to your great great grandchild is a millionaire and be like I'm gonna you know, bring back my. Well, I my... think you pay for it up front. Let's say it's <laughs> right. a reasonable price. Let's say it's the price of a car of a new okay. car.
4: What's the interest sure. rate?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Okay. Like I don't. I guess. Okay. I don't know. This feels like genie wish territory. It is. Where kind of there's, some, there's some fine print that I haven't read, and I'll, 200 years from now, don't worry, be, that much. You know, it'll be unbearably question. hot on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, today's the the all <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It could turn into a it's, monkey's paw scenario where yeah. you're the only, you like wake up and now you're a cryogenically frozen, like slave to the alien overlords that have yeah. taken over Earth. Yeah. And I want. Then
0: you'd be like, fuck, this isn't what I signed I, up for. I don't for. want that. I if that's what the choice is, then no. Right. You can Would just, you want to be
3: cremation is right for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you
2: want to be immortal? Would you? Does the idea of being immortal appeal to you?
0: Wow. Um, Get into it. N- not really. Yeah. I actually I just uh, somebody. Yeah, uh, somebody just brought up like, could you if you lived to two fifty? And I was like, well, no, right. right? Am I immortal? Like how I am right now, and right. I never change. Again, I just get right into yeah. yeah. Give me some details yeah, here. Yeah, interview like, with
3: a vampire, like like Brad Pitt style. You just get to be ageless can, and live. Ageless forever. would
2: be great. If you right. could be like vampire style, if I could just stop aging where I'm at
0: now. That would be cool. Well, can I start eating kale and like work out more for a while to
1: get in shape? Yeah, you can. Then we freeze that.
0: You can still. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. You can still get in shape, but you just
2: won't age. You just won't turn into an old person because I think like this shitty deal about our life uh, as it is is like we. If you think about, it, we really spend more time as an old person than anything else. If you're lucky, yeah. I mean, because if you're in your, like late seventies, you can still live another thirty years. That is like a big, and that's
0: like you know a, qu- a third third or fourth of your life where you're like old yeah. that's also just More improving half, sometimes half. Yeah. yeah i know people are living to 120 130 yeah that's really I, quite I heard recent. somewhere that uh somebody born around now will live to 200 mm. i th- i mean i think about
2: that my niece and nephew i'm like dude these kids are gonna live forever. but then what do we do about the population i mean the population is like a really big problem I agree because, like, that's the thing is, like, everybody <laughs> you're getting the hard questions today. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, yeah, our last episode was just a layup, and now I just want to get into like you know killing <laughs> off half the population yeah. so we can maintain the planet. immortality, get...
3: population control. This is why we need the Cryogenics. one world government.
2: <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, what's your thoughts on all this stuff, Mark? No, but I'm saying like that we run into trouble if no one is dying. Then we we were, you know, Reese, that's a real, that takes a toll on the planet. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot of ethical conundrums. Anyway, let's talk about aliens. You got it. Uh,
4: it's something more sensible. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> Come on. Do you, uh, Mark, do you have any, what's your personal paranormal history? Do you have anything that's ever happened to you in the realm
0: of the unexplained? Well, I was thrilled when you asked me to do this show because I don't have any of Yeah, stuff. well, Great. we get a lot of that. And I was like, oh, I want to do it, but yeah, I also, I don't... so I did think about it. We're
2: learning that a lot of the comedy people have no none of these. A lot of the actors, like straight up like <laughs> drama people, they're like... I was adopted by a ghost mother <laughs> and I always knew that I was special. Oh uh, no.
0: <laughs> so, growing I grew up in Wisconsin and the, there's a little it's a little town called Hudson which is near the Twin Cities. Yeah. And there was a book that came out when I was maybe I don't know, in my teenage years, called Haunted Wisconsin. Ooh. All Wisconsin's the, got some weird all stuff All the ghost going stories on. of Wisconsin. And so my hometown had one in there, and yeah. I just looked it up. Let's hear out. about it. I want to hear it. This is great. Oh, it's just like a founder of the town's son Okay, uh, haunts a house. Is he
2: headless or anything? I don't
0: think so. He just haunts a house. And then the house was torn down for development, and now the whole road. Oh. It's called Cooley Road. It's sort of on the edge of town. Is the ghost named Cooley? leads from the uh no Hooli family. I don't think it is okay. But that was it. I'm. Re- I, but I. I don't like being scared. Oh. I don't like haunted houses. You're I like you like, you're like all me. Right. I don't yeah. like jump scares right. stuff. Like I've avoided a lot of horror genre oh, stuff because yeah. I just generally don't like the anxiety. It's of being not a thrill. Scared. For you. So I never really looked that up as a kid, right? Because I was just like, oh, I'll just stay away from it. And then when I looked it up as an adult, I went, Oh, just a guy died in 1800, <laughs> and yeah, right. People think. That they saw him? Like, all right. Yeah. And then uh, the other really creepy thing that's here in, in L.A., the L.A. area anyway, is the Queen Mary. Oh, have you been down there? I did the ghost tour during... They do like a scary tour. I don't know if you guys have done oh. this. Now, for our listeners, yeah. the
3: Queen Mary is a large ship out on Long Beach Pier. Yes, it's a dry dock ship. Dry dock ship. Yeah, and it's it, a museum it, now.
2: And it used to be a cruise ship, correct? I think so. Yeah. It was it's like the, an entertainment it's, ship. It's it's Titanic like era.
0: Ship. Yeah. yeah. Steamship. It's mm. enormous. I don't think it I think Titanic was bigger, but it's a it's big. Yeah. And there are there's ghost talk on that thing. Oh, and yeah. there's uh I don't know. Ghost people will be like, "Come and stay the night." Yeah. So I didn't do that, but there's that t- was too scary. For there's me. a couple of legends. One of them is that this girl drowned in the pool, and then there <sighs> the are ocean
2: wet- is right there.
0: Right. <laughs> but there's a full <laughs> Olympic size swimming pool on the ship. Yeah. And she drowned, and there are wet footprints. Oh, that's they creepy. find wet footprints after it's been cleaned. Like I in picture her looking like Annie. Right. From little Orphan Annie. So then but when you go on this tour, the room is already sort of like not kept up well. It's old, it's it's creepy as is. Okay. And then they tell that story and you're just like, oh
2: shit, this right. is
0: creepy. Then the lights go out and the very highly produced music comes Ooh. on. <laughs> and then there's little like glow in the dark foot pr- oh, They did they do an that? effect. Which Production then value. somehow takes it off the creepy yeah. and into like we get it. Yeah, you yeah. told the story. <laughs> I think
2: at one point I don't know if it actually happened, but I think Disney was going to buy the Queen I Mary. I think they bought it. And, oh, they did. So maybe that's where some of, of the pro- oh, okay they got away from it. Maybe yeah, that's where some gone. of that production value came in. Maybe that was yeah. like because I think like Michael Eisner era Disney they were going to open up a Westcott like down in like Epcot Center, but down oh, yeah. in Long
0: Beach. Well, because the Spruce Goose is also in a big oh dome looking thing at, uh-huh. at that at that pier. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Yeah. At least it was for a long time. There's like a big sort of dome, and right. I guess the Spruce Goose lives there, okay. or it did for a long time. The other one is like the guys in the guts of the ship were bo- like steamed alive yeah. when pipes oh. broke, oh, God, Ooh. and that's creepy. Like, So they take you into these parts of the ship that- That's uh, like a bad Spider-Man villain origin story. Yeah. Like when the steam- Burns you into a steam ghost. The stories are horrifying. Yeah, and so uh, of all of the sort of scary things, I felt legitimately scared just looking at stuff on that old ass ship. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> some. I've heard
2: some fucked up stories. I, I remember uh, hearing a story about like a couple who did the overnight thing, and she. I think this was like friends of friends of mine, but she they were like getting ready for the night, and she was like. <clears throat> excuse me, her husband was in the restroom and there was like a full length mirror and either he or she saw a full apparition appear over their shoulder in the mirror tying his tie in like an old tux and getting ready to go out. And it, they like didn't last the night. They they left They're, before. they are out. They say that till after dinner and then that night, I think they were back in their hotel room and they saw something else and then they
0: talked to each other and like we're, we're out. They left. See ya. My wife and I stayed for one. She had a birthday party before we got married on the Queen Mary. And we stayed overnight. I never had any creepiness. Yeah. I just was like, oh, yeah, these are somebody, some poor sap bought this old boat and tried to make it into a hotel. <laughs> right, right. Like, that's all I ever felt <clears throat> yeah. on it. Though, I mean, you can walk out on the dock and look under the ship and they've got a propeller exposed and that creeps me out. Okay. But other than those things. So you're just scared of the ghosts ghost stories and of my kids and an old, the ghost stories of my childhood and an, yeah. An old creepy boat, make me scared, otherwise I, I don't really You're pretty good. It. Yeah, yeah, and I don't I'm pretty agnostic about it. I'm totally right. open to it. That's great. You know, if a UFO floats over my house tomorrow, yeah, uh, then great. And if it right. doesn't, uh, that's cool too. If it doesn't, do UFOs exist? Well, then I feel like you get into sort of that uh, infinite possibilities thing of just let's talk if about ha- it. if if space and time are infinitely expanding yep. Yep. if that is actually true then of course all kinds of stuff exists that we'll probably never know about right right i agree or at least not yet right so it's possible okay but so that's not... about that's about as far as i'm willing to okay go. i'd mm. like to see something where like experience you would something. so you're open to I'm it su- sure if you could pay if you could
2: take a pick. You could see a ghost, you could see a UFO, or you could see Bigfoot. What would you? Which one of those? Ooh, go would for you the Bigfoot,
0: like? Mark. I think I will. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'll take the
1: Bigfoot, please.
0: Why? Why would you choose Bigfoot? Oh, you know what? I might. I might switch. I feel like Bigfoot might be able to run me down. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's bad.
2: But wouldn't you want to then be able to be like, no, Bigfoot definitely
0: exists. Oh, so I can check one of these off. Yeah, you can then check one. Then off. it's got to be ghosts. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Really? Because I'll probably become one. Oh. If that's how ghosts... I mean, we don't know how ghosts work. That's true. Right? So we, we try to come up with our own rules on this show. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we try to come up with rules about all of this stuff. Well,
2: that's really what we do on this podcast. Yeah, yeah We're yeah, trying yeah. to like as we every week as we get a new story, we start to go. You know, we're really in this zone we're zeroing right now. In. <laughs> we're, we're, but but unfortunately I think that like our philosophy Is taking on kind of like your own That idea put forth where like It's just so infinite that there's so many infinite Possibilities but you know we've been Heavily lately in this realm of like We think a lot of this stuff might be Related o- outside of our dimension, coming into our dimension and fucking oh. around with our reality. It may not be your nuts and bolts spaceships from other planets, although those could also exist. Mm-hmm. Or your like flesh and blood creatures living in the woods, but they might be some sort of entity that's passing in and out of our space time, sure, and crossing over from other dimensions. There's
3: and- more. We we feel there's more here happening here on Earth, whether it's in this time and space or. You know what I mean? There's there's something to what's going on on this planet. You know, I think that there's a lot more to that than there is than just like you know, um, some you know, different species traveling light years away to get here to uh, to observe us. You know.
2: So you're saying the phenomenon is more homegrown, most definitely. But we just don't understand if it's people having like fits, or if it, there is some type of weird. Homegrown uh, paranormal intelligence that's trying to manifest itself, yeah, and talk possibly. To us. Or
3: there's a, or there's you know, a, a certain portals or certain ley lines on this on this Earth's grid that that are or what you would call quote unquote hotspots for for paranormal activity or for uh, cross dimensional um players to come in and out of i mean i don't know
2: now mark did you expect to hear the term ley lines today i don't even know what that means oh hmm. well bryce explain what ley lines are
3: oh so so ley lines are like if you took the earth and you sort of gridded it out you know as the, the as the uh equator is like let's say a, a horizontal uh, line around right. the uh the middle of the earth well then there's also these other lines uh vertical they're like
2: energy lines and yeah they really so just... not longitude and latitude no no this isn't. Uh, this is something that exists within the energy of well, the earth. Well, to kind of give you an
3: example, like you know, they say a lot of the uh, ancient monolithic sites are kind like of
2: Stonehenge. Stonehenge yeah, yeah. is an, at an intersection of a bunch of ley lines. This is a plot
0: in the in, in the new in, Ghostbusters.
2: Oh, I'm sure it is. There's a <laughs> yeah, building that's it, but... <laughs> on
0: ley lines. Oh yeah. yeah, they, yeah now yeah. now now it's familiar. Yeah, well, see, yeah. and so
3: if you put little tacks in in a map where a lot of these. Uh, uh, high, strange episodes happen, then then there seems to be some sort of connection. Like, you know, there's a lot happening here, and it also can connect here. And so I think there's several authors that have uh, proposed theories about...
2: I don't know too much about... La- I mean, I know what they're supposed to be, but I need to sit down and really read up on, like, where did this term come from? When did mm. this become popular? Who has attempted to map this? Is I guess this the better word and, like, would be, Celtic like, hot myth? spot, you know? You yeah know. yeah yeah that makes sense but there's supposed to be these energy lines that wrap around the earth and then they condense in certain intersections where there's like oh this is like the um 405 and 105 this is like the lax <laughs> like <laughs> junction right
4: they deal they deal with magnetism a lot, that's the ley-lines. other thing that's there the main know. thing about them so they're they are measurable they're not like sort of this abstract concept it's okay a, it deals with the you know the magnetic polarity of the planet and the way that that energy manifests itself. I just remember mm-hmm. reading
2: a book when I was a kid where they would be like, maybe the druids used ley lines as a way to float rocks from one point to another. giant heavy rocks. They were like floating them across the ley lines. They had some druid magic that would allow them to tap into the ley line and All move right. heavy objects. I now mean, that,
4: that's probably not a that thing. That would be pretty fucking cool though. <laughs> it would be cool. It would like, be
0: awesome. I think my other part of like my personal interaction with this stuff is i do find Occam's razor to be quite reliable of just Mm -hmm. the simplest explanation is probably true. And some of the stuff is unexplainable. So then I think the default simplest explanation becomes – people see things because they want to see them or, right. or they're, they have a mental chemical imbalance or they're on drugs or, or a mental chemical w- gift <laughs> 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 we're positive around yeah here. sure sure uh so that you know i hear the like oh the druids used magic to yeah man levitate stones it's like or a bunch of guys were just really strong. Hey, maybe <laughs> back then and, like that to me yeah. maybe seems boring. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, I know.
2: Maybe back then ley lines were the simplest explanation. True. You know? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Maybe no,
2: maybe it was old technology from an old civilization that's been wiped out. Right, you know what I mean. Do you right. think that's possible? Do you think that there's? Do you think civilization has peaked to the point we're at before, but maybe coming at things from a little bit of a different angle, and then like a meteor struck and just wiped us out or something? So we
0: got this far.
2: We got this far, but maybe it looked a little different. Like maybe the the Sphinx. They say the Sphinx is left over from an ancient civilization that's much older than we than we think. They Say that, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They say they, it, yeah. There's uh, <laughs> they say it. Uh, Graham Hancock's all about all his stuff is all about ancient, like that. A lot of our well, history predates the hit the, the history that we're, we're, we're oh, taught. All right, well, and the Sphinx they, can
3: they had find... that in that in that uh, that outer layer of the Sphinx, it was John Alexander and his uh, scientific counterpart, I forget his name, but they found uh, they found water weathering, um, that would have to conclude through their analysis that the last time. Um, this thing was built, had to predate a A, flood. a desert climate a or desert, a flood. Yeah, a tropical that goes climate. way back
2: before the oh. ancient Egyptians. And kind of,
3: uh, you know, modern Egyptologists, they kind of poo-poo that whole theory. But, I mean, it's right there in the stone. I mean, so even geologists have to kind of... And they right.
2: found, like, bones of humans that are deep within the earth that carbon dating is way... It's like thousands if not a million years before they thought humans were first up and running around these are the coldest of cold cases oh yeah no shit (laughs) totally (laughs) oh yeah for sure uh they need to get paul holes on that that's a deep cup reference for all those who are following the golden state killer case yeah Uh, um are you into that shit
0: that's a yeah i mean uh i I certainly am more intrigued by tangible real life monsters like what i was saying like i don't like horror movies or being scared like that like a, 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 you know, Jason Voorhees is terrifying to me because okay. of some, uh, but some Jason weird Voorhees reason. Voorhees is like a zombie. Basically. Or, well, yeah, any of the supernatural stuff freaks me out, but then I will read books about the zodiac. Right. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, I, And, and that's, that doesn't bother you because
2: that never scared me. It doesn't it scare me, doesn't but, scare but it's me fascinating as as it should, to me. Yes.
0: It's fascinating. Especially in the era that we live in with right. cameras and recording equipment everywhere. Everyone's got it in their pocket. I'm yeah. I'm blown away that anybody can get away with anything. Well now that's I think that's why they
2: say, uh, that like mass shooting has become so popular because instead of like serial killings, now people just get it all out of their system at once and they get become famous
0: that way. It's actually a really it's, it's a good up. point. It's terrible. I mean, it's fucked up. It's no, it's a not, not a point.
2: fun point at all, but the but the, it does seem it, things have shifted from that to
0: this now. Because Golden State might be the last guy who Yeah, because like 80, now with 80s, DNA they yeah. can get
2: everybody and now they're trying to, they're trying to do uh DNA surgery right now On the Zodiac killer. They're trying to collect uh, from their samples like a solid enough DNA to run it through like the 23andMe system. And Which see is illegal. To get any familial hits. Is it? Because I thought... <laughs> no, but wait. I thought that... Because um, I had heard before all this stuff went down that if you sign up for one of these ancestor DNA things, that there is a thing in the terms of agreement where you waive your rights to your own DNA. That's true. And that's what I thought. Looked and that they it. can sell... That um, Because you sign in the waiver In the in, in terms of agreement That they can then sell your information To medical companies if they want to right. And p- can probably hand it over to law enforcement So it's one of those things Where if you sign up for it <laughs> Like the fucking Cambridge Analytical Bullshit on Facebook Your information might be sold to other places
0: But I think in the case of the DNA You're supposed to be submitting your own DNA right. And signing that off for yourself oh, okay. I So you it. would not be able to Take Let's your say you DNA thought in. you had the Zodiac killer's DNA in right, right, possession. Right, 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 you right. were. It is illegal for you to submit that. Oh, got it. Because anonymously, he, or he with, with a would have
2: to. But I think that they're. So yeah, if you're interested to find out, but they, they, he might not be alive, right. Oh yeah, he'd be pretty old. I think he's pretty dead. I think he's probably dead. Do you what, think it's what a uh, creep. he's probably a ghost? Do you think it's the guy who? <laughs> yeah. Do you think he's the guy that Graysmith thought he was? The 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 dude that was like know. that mechanic that, st- that kind of stopped writing after he died in prison. He's the guy in the Fincher film that was That's right by the dude from Fargo. But they didn't. The handwriting didn't match in that case. Yeah,
0: it's. I don't know. I don't know. I will never know. Do you think
2: Jack the Ripper is still alive? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Because he's a time traveler. For
4: sure. <laughs> I heard he's frozen underneath Disneyland. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to have uh, our high strangeness topic of the week. Sweet. And we're back and it's time for High Strangeness. This week is Bryce's turn, Bryce. Yeah, I got a big one this week. This is a heavy hitter. I I know know what you're doing. This is one that we've been saving. And then when you told me what you were doing, I almost went, are you sure? Yeah. And then I decided, you know what? I'm just going to let Bryce free and it's time we cover this one. It's due time. So are you familiar
3: with The Mothman?
4: Can you believe it? I know. Can you believe it? Synchronicity.
0: Riley is wearing his Mothman t-shirt right now. That's true. I only know that they made a movie called The Mothman Prophecies, which I did not see because it's scary and I don't like scary stuff. It's a pretty
2: good one, but it's it's sort of a modern retelling of the story, so it's not completely I'm very curious. Well, most of
3: that movie was based on a... on a on a famed uh, paranormal journalist named John Keel. And uh, the following paragraphs are taken directly from the back of John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies. That's as far as
2: we get in our research. We just read the <laughs> back of the book.
3: Well, no, these are, I thought you would like these. For 13 months, the entire town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, was gripped by a dark terror that culminated in the tragedy that made headlines all over the world. This is the story that contains all the elements of a modern science fiction movie, but every single word is true and fully documented by famed journalist John A. Keel. Homes throughout the little towns were plagued with unearthly noises and ghostly manifestations, while mysterious aerial lights traveled silently overhead seemingly on a regular schedule. Winged monsters and a frightening apparitions terrified the population. As automobiles stalled, telephones and TV sets ran amok. A Red Cross bloodmobile filled with fresh blood was pursued along a darkened highway. By a vampire. <laughs> by a weird <laughs> flying machine. A weird Do- flying machine? Dom- that's what it says. Domestic animals were found slaughtered and mutilated in pastoral farm fields. That's Innocent what- people lived in surrealistic horror, haunted by the fearsome demonic bird. And besieged by legions of strange beings, some of which arrived in ordinary-looking automobiles. Yeah, now it says flying machine because um, uh, Mothman. Some reports they often heard a humming sound, like a whizz, like a like a uh, like a drone,
2: a, like a mechanical sound. I was to picturing it. one of those like steampunk guys on an old bicycle <laughs> that's like flapping with bat wings. Yeah, well, you know, you might mm, you slow might,
4: down the
3: bloodmobile. You might be right. <laughs> so this is the story of the Mothman. Mothman is often described as a humanoid figure around seven feet tall with a massive dark wingspan and huge hypnotic glowing red eyes And a blood-curdling shriek that's been known to make those who hear it experience nausea and vertigo Mm -hmm. The creature of Mm -hmm. legend Mm -hmm. simply known Mm -hmm. as the Mothman seems to be some sort of harbinger of doom connected Mm -hmm. to tragic Mm -hmm. events
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
3: Across the world With sightings becoming more frequent In the days leading up to horrific events Two bridge collapses The Chernobyl disaster Fukushima 9-11 and Wait, with its... what? Yeah
2: There's a Mothman
3: connected in 9-11 Each one of those, that's right And with its most recent sightings in Chicago One has to wonder Were these the latest sightings or perhaps a prelude to Kanye's rant on TMZ? Oh, Oh. good one. (laughs) Uh Aha. Putting the pieces together. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) A zing. A A -a. The first recorded Mothman sighting took place on November 12, 1966, near Clendenin, West Virginia. Five men were in a cemetery preparing a grave for burial. When they all saw something they just couldn't explain. Lifting off from the nearby trees was a huge brown winged creature with glowing red eyes. The men held to the fact that whatever lifted off beyond those trees was no mere bird. It was humanoid. Do you but- think that they just built a catapult to launch corpses into the air? <laughs> 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 it's possible. I won't eliminate it. Uh, Things got even spookier a few days later, and this is uh, kind of the big story of the Mothman. On November fifteenth, 1966, two young couples were joyriding around in a black 57 Chevy to a remote hangout spot north of Point Pleasant known as the TNT area. One of the couples was Linda Scarberry and Roger Scarberry. The other was Steve Millett and Mary Millett. Now, when they arrived next to the abandoned North Power Plant, they suddenly saw... Two large red eyes, which reflected the light from the car's headlights. Steve noticed it first and pointed it out to the group. That's when they are said to have noticed that the glowing red eyes belonged to a strange creature. Weird. They claim to have seen a gray man-like figure with huge wings go around the corner of the old power plant, stating that the creature didn't run but wobbled like it couldn't keep its balance. Mm
1: -hmm. You
3: know, check out my bicycle, <laughs> <applies>. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Linda described the creature as having a circular, fiery red eyes and a body like a man, but with wings. They said that the creature was about six or seven feet tall with wings folded against its back. Half man, half monster. She said you could see the muscles in its legs. Oh, yeah. And we'll get to that later. That's important because, um, you know, one of the skeptics was a scientist who thought it was a herring and... And um, a large crane, you know, but you don't see muscles in crane legs.
2: I don't know if that guy goes to CrossFit. We'll get that later. Yeah, if he
3: doesn't skip like that. (laughs) Right, right. The couples couldn't believe what they saw. They quickly drove on to Route 62. Linda yelled for Roger to hurry. The couples then saw the creature on a hill by a large billboard as they went around a curve. It spread its wings and went straight up into the air. They were all terrified and kept yelling for the driver to go faster. The mothman began gliding back and forth over the back end of their car. We didn't know what it was. I don't think we've ever been so scared, said Linda. As they went along a straight stretch of road, they noticed that the speedometer had gone past the 100 miles per hour mark. But somehow, some way, the creature was still able to keep up with them. They saw it in the back window and saw the shadow go across the car as it flew. They couldn't get away from it. They could also hear the wings hitting the top of the car as they drove, Whoa, even cool. said to have left scratch marks on top of Roger's fifty-seven Chevy. Uh, it squeaked like a big mouse, said Mary Mallette. Hey, there we go. That's what I was I'm, waiting for. They I'm were cute on the
1: inside.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now they were only able to get away from the Mothman when they reached the edge of Point Pleasant, when the creature disappeared, veering off into a field as they went into town. The couples continued into town and stopped at the local Dairyland as they tried to figure out. Um, what to do Seems next Seems like a
2: safe place to pull over Yeah mm-hmm. Dairy queen <laughs> Sure why not
3: Get a frozen yogurt there and I'll Lin- have a brown <clears throat> derby Linda suggested they go to the police But Steven <laughs> Roger thought they'd laugh at them And wanted to go back to make sure Whatever that thing was Was still there first Before they went to the police But once back in the car The group ended up being too afraid to do that So they turned around As they were turning around They saw a large dead dog Laying on the road Which wasn't there before According to the couples, the winged creature panning his <laughs> neck broke. I'm
1: sorry. Uh, this is, I deal with this every story. A- according to the couples,
3: <laughs> the winged creature jumped out as they passed where the dead dog was, went over the top of their car and went through the field on the other side. They drove back into town and parked at Tiny's diner and decided to contact
0: the police. People are really hungry I know <laughs> when they get scared they get, they get hungry get, they get hungry
3: after this kind of stuff hello ready tacos <laughs> now that now the teens told their story to deputy Millard Halstead they told the police that what they saw was a large winged creature whose eyes glowed red when the car headlights picked it up they described it as a flying man with ten foot wings following their car Halstead didn't believe him at first but knew they knew he knew they weren't troublemakers and saw that they were genuinely terrified so Halstead actually went out to investigate their story. The couples drove back out to the TNT area with the deputy. Uh, Millard shined a spotlight around the area, including the tree lines. Now, Deputy Halstead is said to have heard strange static disturbances coming from his radio that he couldn't explain, but he found no clear sign of the creature itself. The witnesses were sitting in their car and said that they saw shadows circling nearby and a cloud of dust kick up from an adjacent coal yard. The Mallets were too scared to go back to their homes. They stayed at the Scarberry's trailer, turned on all the lights, seven (laughs) and they ordered pie, Uh, and they stayed awake all night from fear. Now, the following day, Sheriff George Johnson held a press conference to discuss the sightings. The local press began printing the story and dubbed the creature Mothman, based on the comic book character Batman, who had just gotten a television series at the time. Steve Mallett told Why the local didn't you newspaper: just call me
1: Batman.: then?
3: <laughs>
4: Trademark reasons.:
3: uh, Exactly. Steve Mallett told the local newspaper, "We understand people are laughing at us, but we wouldn't make all this up to look like fools." Now the harrowing experience of the two couples was not the only unusual occurrence that night in Point Pleasant. Around 10:30 p.m., contractor Newell Partridge was sitting at home in, the fr- in front of television. Suddenly, the picture on the screen disappeared. It was replaced by a herringbone pattern and a loud whining noise. He could now hear the familiar sounds of his dog, Bandit, howling on the porch. Bandit was a big, muscular German shepherd who was always on guard, alerting Partridge of any unusual happenings around the house. He was a country dog and used to defending himself and his family.
2: This is starting to sound like in memoriam. Tell me the dog Mm. lives. (laughs) Uh, I don't think so. Partridge quickly made his way to the
3: porch to see what his loyal Bandit was making such a fuss about. The dog was heading to the family's barn located about 150 yards away. Partridge aimed his flashlight in the direction of the barn and was shocked to see two circle-like eyes glowing red through the night. Partridge's own words were, "'I shined the flashlight in that direction, and it picked up two red circles, or eyes, which looked like bicycle reflectors. I certainly know what animal eyes look like. These were much larger. It's a good length of a football field to that hay barn. Still, those eyes showed up huge for that distance.'" Something wasn't right, and Partridge ran inside to get his trusty gun, ready to defend himself from whatever or whoever was trespassing on his property. He spent the night with one eye open and the gun at his side. When morning broke, he went to find Bandit, worried that he was hurt or worse, dead. But there was no sign of Bandit. But Partridge Mm. did find a worrisome clue to his whereabouts. He found tracks in a circular pattern, pattern, telling him that Bandit had gone round and round, probably barking at something in the air. Bandit was never seen again.
2: Oh, geez.
3: Now, about a year had gone by, during which time mm-hmm. dozens of UFO sightings in Point Pleasant and the surrounding tri-state area were reported by residents, as well as cattle mutilations, crop circles, and strange men in black who threatened the lives of some of the 100 witnesses to see the creature.
2: Injured cold. You talk about injured cold. Does uh, he come into this?
3: Well, yeah, I do, okay. I do have him later, but that's a very fascinating aspect to this story. Um, the sightings culminated in the collapse of the Silver Bridge across the Ohio River on December 15, 1967, resulting in the deaths of 46 people, two of which were never found. Now, an interesting note, in interviewing witnesses of their accounts, John Keel discovered that a few of them had precognitive dreams about the collapse of the bridge, including Mary Heyer, a local reporter who had nightmares of Christmas presents floating in the river.
2: And people died A bunch of people died In that bridge 46, 46 people yeah. They were going to uh, It was Christmas time It was 46. right before yeah. Christmas time and They were all was... going to Ohio To Christmas
0: shop and Coming home And the bridge collapsed Yeah Are there, are there better presents Across state lines <laughs> yeah, I think right. so Right
2: Better shopping I mean that the Point Pleasant just had A, a TNT Old TNT factory yeah. mm, <laughs> That's that right And but a lot of places to eat It was after
3: that That he was kind of Associated the Mothman With being some sort of Harbinger of doom um most people thinking that he was you know there to uh prophesize some sort of event uh not so much as causing the event in and of itself but certainly um having something to do with those television sets going weird the ufo lights and then the strange precognitive dreams of of all these residents um you know seeing did you things. guys just
2: hear that <laughs> there was like a weird echoey thing in the in the system did you hear that i
4: heard it mm, no i didn't hear that I didn't hear. You guys didn't hear that just now. It might just be a chair. Uh,
2: Mm -hmm. Was it just Riley's chair? I'm getting spooked. Strange. Sounded like something, an echoey tunnel. But anyway, that
3: is the story of the legendary Mothman. Now, um, like I said, he, you know, there are witnesses accounts of him, um, and I read a few of them around. You know, witnesses seeing around Fukushima plant the days before it exploded, nine eleven.
2: Where were where Chernobyl? uh, I knew about the Chernobyl thing.
3: Mm, Yeah. But
2: uh, is it time? Are we still- so? I thought
3: he. I thought the Mothman had just kind of uh, vanished out of uh, history's existence. We often talk about how these things come in flaps, or they, you know, they uh, like this was happening for about a year, and then just kind of um, got lost out of the. Uh, out of the collective conscious for a while right, and, then, right. and then show back up again and and most recently there's been a, there's been quite a few sightings in and around Chicago, including pictures and photographic evidence and and uh, the detailed accounts of uh, of what they describe as a large gray muscular man with 10 foot wingspan um, seen flying in and around the suburban area, which is very strange.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's been seen as far like uh, near the Wisconsin border by that truck driver that we reported on a couple uh, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking now to see if I can get any up- updates on the Chicago Mothman. So, so maybe you-
0: this Mothman is not a beastie, but it's more just a guy coming to warn everybody. Well, that's what they. If th- only they would listen to him.
3: Yeah. Well, that's what they. That's what they think. That's what some think. Stop being you know.
0: scared. I'm trying
2: not to kill these dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to tell you about the
3: bridge. Oh, hey, a mothman's got to eat. Yeah. No. Now what, or some... or does it? Now, what Michael was referring to is uh, is is a guy, Cold is a guy named Indrid Cold. Now, Indrid Cold was first reported by a. Oh, I forget the guy's name, but he was traveling down the highway when all of a sudden he sees a floating vehicle come up next to his, yep. stop him on the highway and get out, and uh, telepathically start questioning him about the town up ahead. Cowpoint Pleasant. oh
2: weird dude. He kind of looks like the Joker. He's he also real known as skin.
3: the Grinning Man.
2: Yeah, the Grinning Man. It's so weird because like they base... Mothman off Batman, hmm. right? The name, right? And then this character that is kind of like the Joker shows up in town and starts, he's sort of like a men in black. Well, this is where this is,
3: uh, you know, from a lot of what I've read, this is where usually the first accounts of kind of like the men in black start taking place, especially like what this guy wore the dark suit, the tie.
0: Um, the fedora hat. And he
2: didn't see, he was kind of weird. Yeah. He didn't know how to like really
0: speak the oh, lingo. Oh, so the grinning man is a, men, is a man in black. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he
2: comes after the whole thing and starts questioning people about Almost the Mothman. Almost like man.
3: a nemesis to Mothman or someone tracking down the witnesses who reported seeing the Mothman. So there's some oh. sort of interplay happening there. Um, but, you know, lives of the witnesses, and there were over a hundred witnesses within here's, that year.
2: Here's what people uh, said he looked like
3: said that they went as so far as to threaten the lives of those witnesses about what they saw um there's a great couple minutes in this in the movie mothman with richard Gere where uh richard gears holed up in his hotel and uh you know he's getting spooked and he answers the phone and it's indrid cole in this almost electronic voice and he just starts um he just knows everything he's he sees. describing
2: stuff in the hotel he's room, like right? yeah
3: Richard Gere shoves his shoe under the he's like he's like where's my shoe And you know, and he gets the answer under the bed, you know, and he's like holding now he 's like now I gotta okay, and he opens up a book, and he's like, "What am I reading?" and he reads the sentence, you know um and this is this is actually what happened to author John keel um so much so as he would get all kinds of strange phone calls in the middle of the night. Um, which is what this whole scene was based on, Uh, really culminating to the strangest is what he thought is when he got so spooked from his telephone that he pulled it out out of the wall. Woodrow Derenberger is the name of the guy on the highway. And to where John Keel pulled his phone out of the wall and it rang again.
0: Uh, And that's where he
3: answered it and started getting these... Almost like he could communicate telepathically, but
2: uh, whatever, whatever, Keel seemed when, to know. When did Mothman first show up? What year?
1: 66.
2: 66. Uh, and yeah, November 2nd, 1966, is when uh, Injured Cold first arrived on the scene. Yeah. So that's like before the, the shit went down in yeah. the bridge. That's before the bridge. Collapsed. Well, and
3: now Mary Heyer, who was a local reporter who did exhaustive investigative reporting on all these witnesses in and around town. And. Um, Uh, She's kind of legendary in her own right, but she has her own eyewitness account on the silver bridge of, like, two men in black described, you know, in their usual looking, with the weird uh, dress shoes climbing around the bridge, um, which is very strange in and of itself before it went down. So kind of like examining the bridge and looking for things uh, before the uh, the bridge collapsed. Okay,
2: well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to ask our guest, Mark... What
1: the hell was that? (laughs) Kansas City. Food-wise, a city famous for its barbecue. But that's about to change my name is w dave keith host of the podcast taco the town and i believe that kansas city is one of the most underrated underappreciated up-and-coming taco towns in the usa on taco the town we will shine a light on all the amazing tacos kansas city has to offer kansas city is a great taco town filled with a variety of untapped taco stylings and flavors And on the Taco the Town podcast, we won't stop until we've tasted every taco in the town. No taco table will go unturned. Each episode, we review a new taco joint with a special guest. We share taco memories, discuss taco topics, and put tacos to the test. We check the latest stories in taco news, and no taco is off the table on Taco the Town. If you love tacos, like I do, you're going to love Taco the Town. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play. That's Taco the Town.
2: we're back bigfoot collectors club and it's time for our segment what the hell was that in yeah. which our guest tells us what the hell that thing was that
0: thing this week being mothman yeah you th- this is like uh, this is like me having to eat the 96 ounce steak yeah dude yeah that's you got a lot. one of the big he, ones it, that's it, a it lot. it's a big
2: one it's a heavy hitter this is like a very popular cryptid he's really reached icon status like you see him on a lot who's of- your mount rushmore Mount Rushmore would be Sasquatch. Yep. Patty, yeah. Uh, Mothman, Grey Alien. And Loch Ness. And Loch Ness, probably, probably the Loch Ness monster. Oh, wow. so this is up there. He's up there.
0: Uh I it's tough. I feel like one factor to the story of the two couples that originally saw. And they mm. were joyriding, which
2: means they were giving out lots of handies in that car, <laughs> which is a recipe for disaster yeah, in
3: yeah. any
0: sort of spooky, scary mm-hmm. well, story. Well, I mean, is
3: you, a guy who, you know, talked about those spooky movies, yeah, they, they usually, couples went up to this TNT area to, you know, fool around. And so it, it, it kind of has they that lore, which knack-ing. is yeah. lend itself to those types of movies. But, but yeah. I think
0: uh, there is an element for me anyway with this stuff of, I know for myself when I have, Uh, If I'm feeling anxiety, paranoid, I'm going to get caught. My imagination heightens immensely. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying they made all of that up, but it does sort of, you know, the scratching sounds. There's a lot of details in their account that make me say, well, that could have been anything. They could have just been... Maybe you uh, maybe there's a stick sticking out of the bottom of your car, dragging on the road that okay. was making sounds.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, doc- the, the, Dr. Robert L. Smith, who was an associate professor of wildlife I you biology— were to go
2: up against a doctor, Mark. No, I was not. <laughs> well, I'm going to
3: help him on the skeptical side. Uh, he was an associate of wildlife biology at West Virginia University, dismissed the notion that a flying monster was staking out the town, instead attributing— Took a very
2: brave stance on the story.
3: (laughs) To a sandhill crane, which stands almost as tall as the average adult man and bears reddish flesh around its eyes, you know. But that doesn't describe, if you'll recall, Mary's accounts of those muscular legs.
2: and also those eyes, even if it's got reddish skin around its eyes, it's not going to glow red like bicycle reflectors. It's really the
3: eyes that stand out in most of the witnesses' accounts saying, you know— I just remember being so terrified of these these red eyes that almost seemed to peer through
0: me. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. It's it's uh it does make me think of uh when I I was in boy scouts and during camp we all had to go on a night hike mm. and we were this is an awful thing to do to children but you were told the legend of Crazy Charlie. Oh no! <laughs> a guy who was the cook at the Boy Scout camp. Yeah, sure. here's always here's the years. cook. A cook. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and there was a cracked skillet in the mess hall, and they were like, "Yeah, that used to be Crazy Charles. Oh, then when yeah. you hear the story. Uh, he lost his mind, and uh, people decided to take the law into their own hands, and they burned his house down. And he came out swinging that frying pan, and that's how it broke. Oh yeah, and he died in that and fight. And now he lives that, in the woods. They immediately hung that back in the camp kitchen. Yeah, after he murdered people, and, and he as you do, and he uh, he lives in the old burned-out remains of that cabin. Oh yeah. So just essentially, assholes built a scary story around an actual burned-out structure in the woods. And then at night, the red eyes come in. uh, The senior members of the Boy Scout troop would go out beforehand and just be waiting at the site. And they had built... I remember the one kid showed me. He took an old milk carton, and he put two flashlights through it, and then he put red fabric over it. Mm. And we saw red eyes. Yeah.
2: Well, that's the whole thing. And so I'm not saying
0: the Mothman (laughs) is just some... Prankster who no, was like, "I'll go but prank you, these guys." But
2: I would say you have to remember this whole story started with a rowdy group of grave diggers, and if Charles Dickens has told me taught me one thing, you never trust a grave digger. So maybe those guys. Uh,
3: well, you know, researching this story, I forgot how many UFO sightings also took place in and around the same time, sure. and yeah. stalled cars and people's electronics were going on the fritzes, and uh, and I remember when reading about Mary Heyer's precognitive dream of those christmas presents floating in the river that just haunted her do we know what caused the bridge collapse yeah it was a, it was it was a it was something as simple as uh, structural malfeasance i mean it's it's basically an architectural's like go to of like this is how, why we take engineering so seriously because Does they cut corners they or something like that they just like cut that? corners yeah it wasn't any malice or anything like that it, just, it was over time yeah and there were too many cars on the bridge however um I you know I I do recall I think in Keel's book he says uh, f- for some reason at both ends of the bridge there were um, there were red lights as, as seemed to seeming to allow cars to pile up on that bridge or for some some reason Whoa. like that which is so there's a lot of interplay that's happening yeah, and around weird these too, men the, in black the, hanging around and, and the bridge and, and the, and the and,
2: red eyes are almost like stoplights you hmm. know what I mean so I don't know there's like this is a weird. I mean, obviously the Mothman is a really compelling one. It's a very weird one. It's very similar to the Van Meter uh, visitor that we had, who uh, was another flying winged creature in the late 1800s that kind of looked like a pterodactyl, but also shot a light out of its forehead, um, well, and, and also hung very... around. Also hung around uh, that old mine in town, and that's kind of where the Mothman was hanging around this old TNT factory. So there, uh, there's just this weird. Um, it's
3: also very similar to a story you did, the Flatwoods Monster out of West Virginia, which is you know just down the road and took place only a few years. Um, yeah, a, I mean it's earlier. and
2: actually the uh, one we did last week with Andy uh, Rosen was the uh, the um, the Cisco Grove encounter and that took place in '64. That was a couple of years. I don't know. This is a weird one because you obviously have the traumatic event, so everyone. In town is going to that in, that impacts everybody in the community. That's mm-hmm. a tragic event. and I wonder if resonating out of that that the mythology around this creature sort of got more fleshed
0: out. Well, yeah, you want to explain away the things that are unexplainable. Right. I mean, it's why we tell stories. It's why this story is somewhat compelling to everyone, I would right. say because you you want to explain. That tragedy of the right. bridge, and there
2: is this thing. There's a resonance of obviously high strangeness occurring before and after that tragedy. So, if I were to use my imagination and say, okay, this was there was this winged creature, there was this like weird man and man in black guy walking around him, injured, cold, that seemed to know stuff about people that he couldn't otherwise. Maybe there was some sort of um, if we're going to go for a high strangeness uh, thing here. Maybe there was some sort of like dimensional rift taking place at that time, some yeah. sort of dimensional eclipse where some other dark dimension was sort of bleeding over into ours. Well, you, and maybe, maybe it was allowed to happen because that was because of the trauma, because of psychological events surrounding the trauma, that it sort of um sent a shockwave, wave. Throughout reality, before and after, and maybe that allow it sort of weakened. In other words, our dimensional barrier and allowed uh, something else to creep in around that time. You'll like this, Mike, and this is my sci-fi fantasy (laughs) explanation. But yeah, we got to think about stuff like that. If we if we
3: take our if we take. Take and to the piggy- story for at its word, I want to piggyback off that. Interestingly enough, Keel initially get on up here. I'll ride Kiel- <laughs> you around the block. <laughs> uh, John John Keel initially sought to explain UFOs as extraterrestrial visitations, but later abandoned this hypothesis and wrote a book titled "UFOs: Operation Trojan Horse," published in 1970, which linked UFOs to supernatural concepts such as monsters, ghosts, and demons. Keel used the term "ultraterrestrials," yeah, uh, which we haven't heard before. To I describe- think actually,
2: I think ultraterrestrial came up in uh the van meter visitor okay great did bring that to describe
3: ufo occupants he believed to be non-human entities capable of
2: taking on whatever form they wanted well the movie the mothman prophecies and i remember this is what freaked me out because i hadn't really thought about this before but the movie the mothman prophecies really kind of leans and maybe the book does as well that Uh, they were being that Point Pleasant was having interaction with entities from another dimension who were crossing over and uh, affecting our reality Mm. and that there are, uh, entities that are constantly just, just here. They're here, just on the other side of a dimensional rift, across the veil, just across the veil, on the other side. They can see us, but we can't see them. And that the the Mothman was connected to to those uh, to that intelligence.
4: Sounds to me that maybe the Mothman and the Grinning Man are sort of locked in some sort of battle. Well, that's maybe. what I'm saying. Yeah. It does sound the, like absolutely. Batman, and like, Joker, totally does. Yeah. Like the Grinning Man, maybe he's a uh, you know he's this this it, villain who causes certain circumstances well, to. Occurred. And
2: look, let's say if our if 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 humans human thought or human psychic, you know whatever, can affect real. Let's say it can affect reality. Then if you create an entity that's like Batman, this popular figure on TV, well then, then you'll need w- a you need a Joker <laughs> to go with it. I don't know. I mean, I'm just pointing out the parallels here and how strange that is. It should also be noted that there Mark, are. No... Oh, but where Marco? Mark's gone. Oh, Mark I'm here. <laughs> Mark,
4: where are you? Come back, Mark. <sighs>
3: Um, yeah, this is what we talked about, but I wrote it down. It should also be noted that there are no surviving accounts of what many have dubbed the Mothman's nemesis, Indrid Cold, reported at the event. Indrid Cold, also known as the Grinning Man, was said to be the mysterious man who was seen in Point Pleasant asking questions about the creature and apparently hunting it. Um, Haunting or hunting,
0: hunting. H-U-N-T. Okay. Yeah,
3: okay. but now on oh, on oh. on the Mothman's behalf, there are stories of him. Like uh, out of Friedberg, Germany, um, a couple of miners saw the Mothman. He literally chased them out of a uh, out of a uh, a mining cave, and 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 the cave just inexplic inexplicably blew up, saving those miners' lives. So had they not been chased yeah. out of the by there by the Mothman then they would have perished I in that. Um...
4: Ugly, so he's like trying to undo the works of the grinning man, but the be grinning helpful. man's constantly pursuing him as yeah. he tries to stop yeah. these circumstances Perhaps, from occurring. I
3: mean, who's to know? I mean, the the I mean, the men in black, the whole men in black thing is very strange because it 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 rings true throughout these stories. Where um, in a lot of these UFO accounts, you know, they'll be fo- the, some of the witnesses will be followed up by these strange characters, usually arriving in a pair of two or three. Um, in dark cars that seem to—they don't seem emotionally interested in the case, but they're very interested in the details, and they want to take the witnesses, and they want to go back to the place where they witnessed these things. It's also
2: weird, too, because Men in Black remind me of shadow men Mm. that people supposedly see haunting their houses, and uh, and sometimes they look like men wearing black fedoras. It's like shadow men, mm. so I wonder if— Shadow men are men in black that haven't fully crossed over into our dimension. Maybe the men in black are from a a shadow a shadow world.
3: Yeah, well, that's where I'm leaning. These men in black aren't government operatives, but they're more. They're they're part of the larger story of whatever's visiting um, these towns, and they're they're part of the paranormal history themselves.
4: Um, Maybe Mothman's like a fallen shadow man who's now fighting yeah. for good. I yeah. love
0: your theories today, Riley. I'm yes. really
4: Team Mothman. I gotta say, you're wearing the T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt
0: about it. Um, Very on brand. This gets know. a little. I mean, that gets a little far for me. Sure, and I, Mark, shadow I men being no, turned whole, into moth the, the, Creatures. The, what do you mean? I guess in listening to that sort of uh, interpretation, interpretation, and and it makes me just go: Is there? There might be a simpler explanation than that. Oh God, totally. you and Occam's razor again. Yeah, yeah, there it is. But but I do want to just take you well, back well, to
3: the hundreds of witnesses that 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 officially reported seeing uh, these things of this large gray like man. Um, gray like man yeah gray a gray like gray colored man
0: um so uh with wings i just spent some time up in central coastal california and there's a tremendous large forest that yeah. uh, there could be lots of stuff out yeah. in it. oh man so is there a sort of cryptozoological explanation of this is just a creature we haven't Ever well, found. I, you know what? Yeah, I I've never liked g- that one.
2: Well, but. but you know, there are other stories that support i ey- eyewitness accounts of creatures like this, as we just explained. And maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe there was some sort of. Weird bird man, and then maybe there's also you know, and it just happened to be around the time that the bridge collapsed. So but we as we're talking about that, other. yeah, I know. I, I all, just,
0: it you just know, goes. I'll, it doesn't feel right. But
3: I'll jump on that mark. You know, this it was Point Pleasant is next to a wildlife reserve, okay. and the TNT area was an old munitions site from World War II, containing harmful chemicals and other mus- munitions as well. So right. there is a theory of like a mutagen. Uh, you know, sort of evolved bird crane, um, something like that. Does that help? Does that help out in any way? No, (laughs) it it doesn't. doesn't Just because of like,
0: I don't have a great science background, but I, I did, uh, I did take one class in college about evolution of the species and how. Mutation does take a lot longer. We love in mythology to say like, "Oh, Spider-Man Give was a man, and he got and- bit by a spider, sure. and immediately has these powers." Where if if a mutation like that were to happen, it would probably be Peter Parker's great great grandson mm-hmm. that would start to develop these powers if he survived. Right? You know, like it mutation yeah. would it would it generally help? takes longer than. It's it's ancestry. It isn't immediate. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: what if you found out that the Mothman used to scream, "Cowabunga"?
4: <laughs> <laughs> then would that
2: help the mutagen, the mutation? It's like the, t-
4: you know, it's a turtle.
0: It's another, it's, I know it's another, <laughs> but that's another instance in comic books and yeah. in mythology of like, oh yeah, these turtles. Stepped in a puddle And now they can fight And they like pizza Well
3: speaking of Stepping on something One of the Also more um, Amazing accounts Of Mothman Was by an old lady I, f- I forget her name But carrying her daughter And she literally Stepped on The Mothman Ooh uh, And it That ro- seems like a mistake It Ew. rose up from the ground She she actually Why <laughs> She actually it? dropped her baby and Ooh, then uh, had to get down baby. to the ground to cover it. Whereas the Mothman got out from underneath her feet, stood up above her. She was completely terrified. She saw the same thing, glowing red eyes, the wings, um, very strange humanoid creature-like, where to she finally got the courage to run inside her house where the being sort of like, and she used the word wobbled, wobbled back over to the windows and started creeping in. Van Meter
2: visitor wobbled too. Um,
3: yeah, very interesting. And her her story was corroborated by witnesses across the street. So, very like, you know, it all happen
2: to be gravediggers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> maybe
4: he's just like an avid hang glider, yeah. you know? Very secretive yeah. hang glider. That's why he wobbles. With it's, reflecting lights. It's awkward lights. to yeah. carry right. that thing around. Right. It is, though, you know?
0: you know, as I said, with the maybe there's a zoological, these a plain species we haven't discovered before. In these accounts, whatever this beastie might be, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't really act like an animal. No. no, most animals, predatory or otherwise, want nothing to do with yeah. something that's their side. They're car. not right. Like they're probably going to be freaked out by a car and run away.
1: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. So oh, you're yeah. going with hang glider theory then? That's your. You got it, kite right.
1: <laughs> <Tight>, man.
2: <laughs> well, all right, another one for the books. Yeah, another one for the history pages. Yeah. Maybe our radioactive great great grandchildren. But you know, <laughs> solve this one. What
3: makes this one, I think, very interesting for for our listeners and for you, Mark, is today we live in an age where everybody has a camera in their pocket. Yeah, and there is more photographic evidence of the Mothman. They did. They didn't have any pictures of him back then. They only used sketch drawings and eyewitness testimony. But today, you can look on the internet and you can find multiple creepy, creepy pictures coming in and around Chicago. Of a of a giant dark winged creature flying in and around the buildings in in populous in populated areas. They've had areas. over
2: uh, fifty eight sightings in two thousand seventeen, I think. Alone. Yeah. Has there been
4: and any more. reference to the grinning man character in Chicago recently?
3: I haven't. You know, I haven't looked that up. But uh uh Yeah. You all you'd have to look up is like Men in Black recent report- reportings in Chicago. Stay out of Chicago. It yeah. sounds like. There's also a real creepy one. A picture of Mothman around the time of nine eleven. All you'd have to do is Google. 9/11 picture, Mothman, and and uh it, I think it's right at the time when the buildings had what come down, and there in the picture you'll see it is like this thing with wings. Now most of the skeptics be like, "No, nah, that's some sort of owl carrying a snake," or <laughs> I mean, but it's like you a lot look of those at in that thing and you're just
2: going, "What the
3: fuck is that?"
2: Yeah. Weird. I don't know about that. Hmm. <laughs> all right, well I want to thank our guest Mark For yeah. joining us today And subjecting himself to our idiocy uh, We love it um, We're going to get to the bottom of this at some point We'll figure it out uh, Mark, where can people find you? If oh, they, I'm if on you all, all the social media things At oh. Mark McConville Cool, awesome man
0: All of them All of them Yeah Even the ones we don't know about yet Yeah, like do you guys know about Rex? No, no. It's Rex It's like a recommendation Oh, nice Oh, wow oh, like, cool. oh, I saw this movie and I think you'd like it Oh, or, Really? I ate at this restaurant. Oh, right. It's sort of what I want out of social media. Oh, my God. All right. But it's not going to (laughs) last. Oh, shit. It's like one of those. Is it one of those where where you
2: like rate people? You're like, No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. Okay. No, it's just like, oh, man, have you been watching Atlanta? It's a oh, I right. oh,
2: I see. Okay, cool. Which, by the way, is
3: fucking amazing. I this hear it's great. I'm behind.
0: I am behind. I mean, it is I, out of I'm, this I'm, I'm I feel like could... it's,
3: you know how people were like, House of Cards has changed television. I feel like the new season of Atlanta has kind of like changed Dude, the way television can be done. I've
2: heard it's the best show on TV right now. It's I don't wild. Know why. It's out of control. On yeah. the subject so of is.
4: Donald Glover, that new music the video, new music This is America? is America. Oh, my God. I amazing. saw a glimpse of it yesterday. I haven't watched that either. It's incredible. The song is incredible. He's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
2: really looking forward to him as Lando Calrissian. Yeah, totally. Which, which I think comes out the week that this drops. Oh, way, right? my wife goes
3: like, "I got to throw her under the bus," literally, because the sign was on a bus, and so she was like, uh, "She saw the solo." I was like, "Saw the uh, the ad for Solo on the side of the bus," and she goes, "Wait, so Solo's black now?" And I went.
0: <laughs>
3: That's Lando Calarizian <laughs>
0: I thought you know, were going to say She saw the signs at Solo And was like Why are there all those people? I
2: thought he was by himself uh, Oh boy Alright well That wraps up another episode uh, Check us out uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club And all the shits And uh <laughs> Please recommend us uh, on iTunes and all that stuff, uh, Riley. Any spin shows coming up?
4: Uh, probably. Look uh, at you know check yeah. check the old internet. Check out my pictures cool. of trash right. at hashtag hat hat. hat yep. yep. oh. Oh. Hashtag meow meow. trash bag.
2: All right, cool. That's hard to say. Mr. Bryce Johnson, Bryce O. Johnson.
3: Yes, if you are one of our listeners who download our frequent episodes, please do us a huge favor, jump onto iTunes, give us a rating, and and review us. It doesn't have to be long, but just tell us what you think of our show. We love reading those, and uh, it surely helps out. And if you're even more interested in the show and you want to contribute in another way, um, please feel free to log on to our Patreon account at Patreon.com/slash.BigFootCollectorsClub. We are putting club. up a lot
2: of content. A we lot. are doing They're, a lot
3: of interesting um, and cool, unique. We things. We got like their, some um,
2: cool stuff coming up too. Yeah, we've already and, put some. We've dropped a couple movie club episodes. We've got some short story stuff.
3: It's true. And for uh, less than the
2: cup of a coffee, you will we, be privy we to we all have those like, special ingredients. Stoner conversations about the nature of reality, which <laughs> everyone should listen to. Yeah, really. <laughs> and uh, we've got some special reports coming up this summer that should be. Re-
0: Really, really wild. Yeah, How so check those out. How cool. special are they? Pretty
2: special. <laughs> 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 Bye, guys. Bye. Later. Later. Bye-bye. Goodbye, Mark.